Hello, and welcome back to another episode of How to Survive Your Twenties. My name is Jonah. I'm Joe. And we have a very special guest with us today. We have Lee Chambers. Pleasure to be on, guys. How was, uh, how was your week, Lee? Yeah, it's been busy so far. I had a number of clients, a number of calls, and just general busyness with homeschooling and juggling everything in this crazy isolation world we're in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, is it going quick for you? Like, is it... Or are you are you finding the days go by slowly? Um, I'm generally quite busy running two businesses, family, and all the other commitments that I've got. <laughs> so to be honest, it's going yeah. pretty quick. But then it's been going quicker the older I've got anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> have you even noticed that there's a pandemic? Have you? Is that even well, clocked it's, on? It's, like? just, it's just flown past me. To be honest, I've been carried on with it. I'm, I'm a I'm an isolated fool anyway. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've been self isolating for a long time now. <laughs> most of the introverts are thinking this is you know what i've been waiting my entire life for finally <laughs> i feel, don't feel embarrassed when i have to stay inside all day now <laughs> do you know uh do you know what i watched today i don't know if anyone else has seen it um but it's, it's some good news by by john krasinski on youtube yeah i have seen that it, it's really good i like that it's really have you seen it lee i've not seen it yet but i'll definitely give it a watch give it a watch it gets it gets about like six million views and like do you know what it it made me cry. I was I was in tears this morning. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I just I find it was the first time I ever watched it, and I was just in tears because he just basically shows like different you know different things that good things that the people are, are doing around the world. And uh, yeah, if you, if you need a pick me up, that is a big recommend. Powerful stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was surprised. I was like, I didn't know I felt this emotion. Like it was. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So, so Lee, just so everyone can get to know you a bit better, we've prepared some quick fire questions for you. Are you are you ready? I'm ready. You're ready. All right. Okay. Johnny, do you want to start? Yeah, of course. So, um, would you rather eat out at a restaurant or get a takeaway and eat at home? Got to be at a restaurant. Atmosphere. People bringing it right to my table, clearing up, doing the washing <laughs> up. Ooh. Yeah. Eating out any day. Yeah, service. Yeah. What's like your go-to place to go to? Um, there's a, a lot of gastro pubs where I live, and I like a good, mm. proper, good English grub up. So, yeah, that's uh, get myself a, get myself a mixed grill and literally kill myself. Yeah, that's my style. <laughs> <laughs> go hard or go home. I like it. All right, uh, Lee, Android or iPhone? Uh, so I'm on iPhone, and I've been for years just because I'm lazy. And really, I should be open source and I should actually care. <laughs> but to be honest, I don't. It just works and I'm kind of, I'm in, in that now. And once you, once you go one side, you actually have to completely rewire your brain to work the other side. So Yeah, yeah, very true, very true. You just got your iPhone today, didn't you? Well, not today, Jonah. Yesterday, didn't you, Jonah? Yeah. So yesterday, I, I reverted to the, the iPhone and got to gotta tell you, it feels nice. It's, it's a choice I will be happily making again and again for the rest of my life uh, next question Jonah uh, what is your go to karaoke song if you're called on at a party oh jeez I, I always rock out some uh, something <laughs> interesting oh I can't sing for my, I can't sing <laughs> um, well that's the beauty of karaoke you don't need to oh exactly um, Kiss from a Rose by Seal which is a really bad song to pick when you can't sing <laughs> <laughs> But I think, I think that's the beauty of karaoke. You, you've got to pick the hard songs. You've got to really. Oh, yeah. 
Plus, yeah. there's, if there's always that one person at a party that can sing really well and they proper show off, it's kind of like, yeah, well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, then you just realise that, you know, they get rejected by X Factor anyway, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so be it. So be it. <laughs> oh, what's, uh, what's the worst job you've ever had, Lee? Worst job? Um, I had a job where I was literally cleaning glasses for a, a, like a coach house. Yeah, I, I lasted a day. <laughs> oh, right. oh, really? Oh, wow. Is that because you left or did you get fired? Yeah, got sacked after a day. New record, boom. You're not even good enough to clean glasses. Get out of it. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> wow. Well, you're kind of, you're showing them now, aren't you, really? You're really rubbing it in their face, so it's all right. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then finally, Lee, um, what is your most embarrassing moment in your 20s? Um, It was choking in front of my whole university year when i was doing a business presentation and it was like oh. 350 eyes looking at me and i got halfway through and i was choked completely Ooh. oh no so you got so you're doing quite well halfway and then then you just realized oh I... yeah and luckily I, I i it was part of a group so i i got halfway through my bit and then my friend jumped in and covered covered me for the last bit uh. while I just like froze and melted. <laughs> Oof. And did that go towards like your final grade and everything? Yeah, well, I, obviously you don't end up seeing the impacts of that on that particular unit. But mm. yeah, it was a great, it wasn't a great experience. <laughs> it was more the fact I was stood there like, oh man. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. I always get yeah when uh, when I get things like that I always get very conscious of my arms I never know where to put my arms that's my that's my issue so that's why I wave them around because I've I've nowhere to put them like <laughs> nice very good I like that that's a good one that's a very uh, a very uh, relatable relatable moment what are we talking about today Jonah brilliant so uh, obviously we have our special guest Lee here today. Um, and he has some really good kind of insights and I guess life advice really uh, perspective they'd be great for sharing with us. So our topic for today is all about not giving up and facing adversity because um, obviously in your 20s I'm sure Lee will say a little bit more about this you know you get setbacks a fair amount of time which is quite reasonable and obviously everybody kind of goes through it but it's kind of it's not the it's not the you know environment you're in but it's how you react to it that's kind of most important. Um, and so obviously we thought it'd be great for Lee to come on and share some of his uh, his experiences with us on this topic. Yeah. So why don't why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, Lee? I, I know you could you could talk about yourself for a good hour, uh, <laughs> but if you just tell tell the audience what you do and mm. and we we were just learning about one of your different business ventures uh, just before, uh, but just a little bit about what you do and, and your story. Yeah. So to kind of par- paraphrase it quickly, I graduated, got a grad job in finance. Got made redundant because of the credit crunch, set up a business, worked a number of other different jobs and then lost the ability to walk, which set me on a path to really try and find what I really wanted to do and has led me to set up two more businesses which I run today. So I currently run three businesses. I've got a family and yeah, my 20s were a hell of a roller coaster. Mm. That, that, that does sound quite like a roller, yeah, quite a roller coaster, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So uh, I think the thing that really like struck us is, is obviously you've been through a lot, uh, but and and it's it's not it's not abnormal to to lose your job or, or whatever or to change career. But obviously the thing that really struck us was was when you lost your ability to walk. Um, 
Do you mind kind of telling us a little bit about that and, and that kind of journey? Yeah, so, I mean, at the time, I'd just had my 29th birthday. So right. I was in that place like, right, 20s have been a bit mad, but what do I want to kind of do? What do I want to fit in over the next year before I turn 30? Because when right. I turn 30, I'm going to have to be sensible. That's it then. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'll be getting wrinkles. Uh, so, yeah, I was like, I'm, I was I was there. 29. I've, I've, I've had wrinkles since I was 22, Lee. Like. <laughs> I was there kind of thinking, right, what do I want to try and achieve before I'm 30? Um, and a week after that, my wrist locked in place. And I was like, okay, maybe I've been uh, hammering the computer a bit too much this week. I'm just going to chill out. Um, so this was on a Friday. And then on the Sunday, my knee locked in place and s- swell up to like the size of like a football. And I was like, holy, Oof, this is whoa. not good. Okay, something's going on. So I hobbled to doctors on Monday. They give me some corticosteroid said, yeah, it looks a bit swollen, that. Yeah, it don't look great. Um, take these, and it should make the swelling go down. So I wake up on Tuesday morning, and then my shoulder was, like, up here, locked as oh well. Oh, gosh. So now I'm one leg down, one, one shoulder down, one wrist down, and I'm like, right, okay. But, you know, you, you, as a 29-year-old lad... This, that, that sounds like a really bad joke. That sounds like a... <laughs> yeah, but, you know, as a 29-year-old lad, and you'll appreciate this as well, you do feel a bit bulletproof, and you're like, mm. ah, I'll be right be right in the morning yeah i've just brought my leg but we're right in the morning um so i I actually actually went to bed that night woke up and my other knee had locked in place so so i was literally mobile oh my gosh and my wife leaves for work and i'm like yeah i think things are gonna be a bit bad i I think times are gonna be a bit bad mother-in-law comes around to the house and sees me and she's like what are you doing you idiot i'm taking you to hospital so i get carted off to a and e get to any go to see the consultant he's like yeah this is serious mm. you're going straight through <laughs> so i'm like oh man <laughs> this ain't good and then it just kind of it just went from there i ended up in hospital for a month immobile couldn't show myself couldn't eat properly my wife was six months pregnant and my son rates oh. even fold. oh my gosh really wow so it was a rough time and naturally when i went in at first i was a bit like like why me i'm like fairly fit I mean, I was lucky to have the video game business, which I was still running with one hand wow. from a hospital bed while doped up on morphine and tramadol because I was in agony. <laughs> uh, but I'd been working in elite sport at the time, and obviously I, I, I completely lost that job um, that I was working with with the agency. Mm. But looking back, it's, it's again, a lot of things happened in my 20s, and it, it, this was just another part of the, part of the journey. Mm. Uh, but what actually happened is uh, they started to try and work out what had happened. My immune system had attacked the connected tissue in my joints. That's what caused them to swell up and lock in place. And they couldn't stop my immune system attacking me. So I was in hospital, tested for a month. It was a rough time. And I, I think is I ended up with a lot of time to lie there, not being able to move, not mm-hmm. being able to be busy, not being able to run and do what I normally did. And it made me think, at first I was like, this ain't fair. I'm 29 like my legs mm. what we're gonna do but actually it started to change and alchemize to oh, wait a minute i've got people like helping me shower people helping me do stuff got a lot of people who care about me i've proper taken for granted all the opportunities that i've had the fact that i could walk and run the fact that you know i've had free education i'm having free health care and i've been to university i've managed to set up businesses i've had different jobs like so many people across the world don't have these opportunities i best not be ungrateful i'd best start to think how am i gonna you know get myself back on my feet well wow, that's a good attitude 
Mm. I got discharged from hospital from there and then went into walking rehab and physio and then into hydrotherapy to try and get me back on my feet. And that was a journey in itself. But my daughter was born not long after I was discharged. And I was of that mindset, like, well, by the time she's walking, I'm going to be walking. Like, no, mm. no, no option, no choice, all in. You're going to get walking. And every morning, waking up in agony, stiff, sore, and not wanting to, you know, push myself and stretch my legs and my joints further. But when you've got such a great power of why, all of a sudden you, you find the reason and the willpower to get it done. And after 11 months and some issues with my back, I got back on my feet and walked a mile unaided. And that was about the same time wow. that my daughter started walking as well. That's so cool. So for me, that was like, that was achievement. And that was like, right, if I can, if I can do this, what else can I do? And then I turned 30 and I was like, right, screw that. I'm starting again, but I'm going to go hard again in my 30s. Why mm. not? See, Jonah, Jonah hasn't walked a mile for about two months, so you walked more than Jonah's done in the last two months there. So that, that's really impressive. Like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was that your first daughter, your first child? No, second. Oh, it was your second. So you already had a kid at this point. Yeah, 18 months old. 18 months old. So, you, uh, so your poor wife has got to look after you and your daughter, and obviously there's only so much you can do as well. And just a, mm. a really stressful time. Really, really stressful. She yeah. moved back in with her parents. Right. To get that, like, corn of care bigger because she couldn't mm. do everything. Pregnant no, of course. And yeah, still yeah. working. Yeah. You kind of touched on it a little bit, Lee, when you were telling your story about kind of staying positive. But I guess, how, how did you kind of gay or achieve that mentality to kind of push through it and not kind of, you know, just, just give up and think, okay, this is my life now? How did you keep a positive attitude? Yeah, I think a big part of it comes from some of the mental challenges I had when I went to university and I had to push through them, then I had to push through the redundancy. And in many ways, it, it was hard, but I kind of understood that if I took ownership of the situation, then I had control. If I attacked the disease as much as it was attacking me, then I was going to stand a fighting chance of having good health afterwards. I just knew that if I sat there in the wheelchair taking the medication, hoping it was going to make a difference, then it wasn't in my control. So I decided to say, you know what, there's some things that are not in my control, like suddenly becoming chronically unwell and having this disease. I'm not in control of that, but I am in control of how I treat and how I try to get the best outcome that I can for myself. And if you take that attitude and say, I'm going to be accountable and do what I can, then you can put it all on the table. And if you don't get better, then you know you've done everything that you can and, and you know, you'll still feel like you've tried. And if anything in life, you'll regret what you don't try. You won't remember what you did, but you'll remember what mm. you didn't try and the doors that you didn't go through because you were a bit scared. And quite often on the other side of those doors is exactly what you want, the place where you want to be, you know, the, the gifts of life. Mm. And sometimes you just got to stand there like your toes on the edge of a diving board <laughs> And just jump. Yeah. Do it. Take you know, ownership. I really like I really like that. I really like the like the accountability part. Because I think that is really true. I think I, I think it you have to take it's about taking responsibility for yourself and everything that you can control, taking responsibility. And we've talked we talked a little bit about motivation in like the last episode. Um and because it's something that <laughs> I hope you don't mind me saying this, Jonah. It's something that Jonah kind of struggles with. Is that fair? Is that <laughs> <laughs> 
not too great on this podcast. You know, me and me for the first you're the, time. You're the relatable okay. person, though. Like, people can relate to that, so it's all right. Like, <laughs> um, but it, 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 finding that self-motivation is something that a lot of people struggle with because we always kind of say, oh, I'd like to do that. I want to do this. I want to go for that. That would be cool. But actually having that, like, that ability to recognize that actually you can do it but it's up to you it's all the responsibilities on you yeah it's, it's it's a big thing to try and cultivate through your life and the problem is that in education we're not really taught to ask ourselves those questions we're taught to try and find the answer and then find the answer write it down and get a piece of paper so you can move on to the next bit and in so many ways, it's about asking yourself those powerful questions in your own mind and being able to kind of unlock that intuition you've got because we all know what we should do. We all know what we need to do. We're all well-educated and we all understand that certain things are negative and certain things are positive. And everyone has the ability to become motivated. Sometimes you need to find a motive that's big enough to push you in that direction if you if your motive's too big and you don't like smash it into pieces that you can do a little bit at a time, it just feels too big and you and you won't have that motivation. It's kind of like you know it needs to. If there's too much of a delay, so if you're trying to do something in for ten years time, it's too far. You're not going to have the impulse impulsivity will act and you'll do things against your goal and against your target unless you make it actionable on a smaller scale. And it's just kind of aligning and finding what do you want to actually be? And that's what your 20s is about. Going through journeys, making mistakes, make, failing at things, making a complete mess, getting absolutely off your face most of the time and just kind of pushing the boundary <laughs> to find where your limits are, who you want to be. And I've done a bit of research on this kind of thing through my psychology side. And we as humans, and there was a big study in Holland we don't find that like sweet spot of physical health, mental health, and like in many ways, how we find ourselves to like the optimal person till between 36 and 38. So we've got a hell of a lot of time to have experiences and get out there before we hit that peak of where we, you know, we're really defined where we are and we're at our, our, our utmost as human beings before we start to get a bit old and a bit decrepit. And, that's something that I can kind of pass on to the listeners. That in your 20s, it's the prime time to try, fail, try again, different directions, different tangents, just see. But it's a great time to push those boundaries, find where your limits are, find what you want for your life. And don't be scared of trying new things and putting yourself out there. It's the perfect time to fail. And again, through education, you're taught that failure is bad and not to look on it. When I look at back at my experience of choking on that stage, I, I attached a lot of emotion to it at first and was like, you know what, it, it, it's an awful, I don't want to think about it. I failed, I messed up. And then looking back now, I realised I am not prepared enough. If I take the emotion away and look back at it honestly and pick it apart, I hadn't prepared enough. I was overconfident, I thought I'd be, I thought I'd be right. I wasn't. And so many things that you'll look back and you do, if you're actually able to do that and, and take the emotion away and stop thinking oh, and put a lab coat on and actually go back to school and imagine it's a science experiment, whack your Bunsen burner out and get all your chemicals and see if it sets on fire. It's all data. 
every failure you've had is data to see, right, what not to do. And maybe I'll take this and make sure that I don't do that in the future. But also, <laughs> I failed, but that was quite handy. Maybe I'll take that and build that. Hmm, interesting. That's really good. Thanks, Lee. And I guess a good question would be, you know, you talk about when you're in your 20s, now is the prime time to be, you know, failing at things or doing things wrong. When would you say, is, how do you know when the right moment is to kind of let something go or to, to give up on something? Yeah, I mean, that's always a challenging one. And I tend to look at things from a business perspective, but you can also look at things from a relationship perspective. You have to get clarity on the direction that you want to go. And when you got your head down really pushing for something, it, you can be quite blinkered and not see at that point where, you know, it's possibly time to walk away. And there's no doubt about it that to make a relationship, a business, things that you want to build in your 20s work, that initial hard work always needs to be there. Nothing happens without getting the momentum of pushing it initially. And I think for many things, you need to have defined boundaries of what who you are and what you stand for. So in a relationship, there's got to be a point where you won't accept a certain level of treatment, a certain level of how, you, how you've been. And you kind of know, it's almost like a having a walk away point. At what mm. point is this detrimental to who I am and what I want to be? And you need to kind of set that point and understand that point because it's that or what will give you the reference to know when it's not working, when it's not enough, when maybe a different direction is important. And again, in your 20s, you've got the time to do that. You've got the time to start climbing the mountain only to see that it's not the one you wanted to climb. Oh, crap, it's the wrong mountain. <laughs> it's that one over there. Even the best, the best way to say it for many people in the 20s is you, you, get this, you get this idea of what you want to be and you start running in that direction with all the energy you've got and all the youthful exuberance only to realise that you've been running in the wrong direction and the more you run, the further away you run from where you want to be. <laughs> and then it's kind of about getting back to base camp again mm. and being like, right, no, this one. And that's the journey. That's what I said your 20s is about. You use it to do all sorts of crazy things, to run in all sorts of directions. <laughs> and hopefully by the time that you're 30, you'll have done all these things and be like, actually, damn, I know where I want to go now and I've got the rest of my life to enjoy in that direction. What you don't want to be is the person who just bumbles through the 20s, doesn't try anything, and then bumbles through the 30s, bumbles through the 40s. The best friend dies, and then they're like, oh, crap. I mm. best look at what I actually want to do. But you're 55, and you're closer to death than you are to birth. So <laughs> too late, then. I would just like but to apologise to our, our 55-year-old listeners. Like... <laughs> There's still hope, don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thinking, wow, this podcast is really hitting home right now. Okay. <laughs> no, but that, that is really true, though. That is a really good point. Thanks, Lee. And I don't think we have many 55-year-old listeners, so I think we're okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's better to be told now than before you are 55, so. Definitely. I do I do agree I think one of my biggest regrets in life and it, it kind of goes back to what you were saying about you don't remember what you did but you remember what you didn't do perhaps is when I was younger I just didn't do anything like like it, in my teens I just didn't do anything I honestly I could tell you all the tv shows I watched like I just, <laughs> <laughs> time well spent yeah exactly. like honestly I loved I just watched I just really liked watching tv and that 
I came, I went, got to was about eighteen, and I uh, moved to Italy, as I've mentioned a lot on the podcast, <laughs> and like that that experience changed changed me a lot because I was like, when I got back home, I was like, I can't, I can't be like that again. Like I can't, I can't just waste my way, my life away on TV. Sometimes like, an odd day is all right, but like, I, I, you're right that it's just that that regret has been the biggest fuel for me in terms of trying to do things. Definitely powerful. I mean, even even for me. I spent a lot of my youth just milling about, playing games and not really working much on self-development. And I got to university and I was still lazy, laid back. The problem is, like, I'm the, I was the first one in my family to go to uni, first one in my extended family. So I had no reference point. I'd just been told I was clever enough and to get there. And when I got there, I was like, right, what do I do now? Because... I'd kind of, when I went to sixth form, I'd just found boozing was much more fun than anything else. And that was it then. I didn't really take my, I'd, I was always one who didn't revise. I was just like, mm, I can't bother doing that. And I managed to course through my GCSEs, but then struggled with my A-levels. And then just carried on to uni and just, yeah. I look back and I didn't, didn't do a lot of self-development. I didn't really foster my emotional intelligence. I had some issues kind of tr- transversing going from child to adult. I just didn't know what I didn't know who I was. And yeah. I didn't really have a great reference point from my own father because he was always there. He always put food on the table and the roof over our head. But he never like taught me how to be a man, never taught me how to be a dad. Never really. He didn't even show me how to wire a plug. I had to learn that myself. I mean, come on, that's like... Could have put a bit of effort in, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like what we were saying before about Google. Google's replaced parents as well, to be fair. So like... Good old YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it's, it's, except the thing for me was being a kid in the early millennium. There wasn't really anything like that. You, you'd be lucky to get a bit of mm. advice from an internet forum back in the day. Like when I, would, I mean, it's it's hilarious to think like all the things that I were doing when I was like fifteen, like chat rooms and MSN Messenger, don't exist anymore. <laughs> that's how <laughs> that's how quick the world goes by. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's very true. Do you do you remember MSN message? Do you have did you have an MSN? I'm trying to think about I, I I remember being in primary school about maybe year four or something, so holy then like maybe nine, ten, something like that. But it phased out really quickly because then Facebook came in and everything changed, so <laughs> <laughs> So um Lee, what would how would you say how would you measure success? How do you measure success? Yeah, so Really, to measure success, you need to define what success means to you. Mm. So for many people, they don't spend any time to think about that. And your bar for success becomes what society's standard is, which is either money or possessions or some level in a career or some certain job title or certain amount of followers. And when it becomes kind of defined by society, what you quite often find is, if you, you you can get there and you can work damn hard to get there and then you get there and you're like, what next? Not fulfilled. Don't know, I even know why I wanted this goal. I don't feel like a success. And it's understanding. That's the, that's the whole climbing the mountain to find, oh, that's not the one I wanted to climb. And it's much easier to kind of get the idea, what does success mean to me? So to start to think about the things that you've done in your life so far, what's went well, What's not went so well, but what's the what's the thread that runs through my childhood and my life so far? Like the friends that I've made, the hobbies that I enjoy, the jobs that I've done, 
the things that, you know, I actually, I'm in flow when I'm doing and the hours just go by. And the choices that I've made, the places that I've visited, the experiences that I've had, and almost sit back and reflect and think, there's a little something in all those that's connected. And if you can sit there and connect the dots, you'll start to have a good idea of what success means to you mm. because mm. you'll start to see a recurring theme, an underlying purpose. And then when you've got that, it's time to start thinking, right, what missions can I undertake that fuel that, that make that more enjoyable, things that I want to do, things that are aligned with the person that I am and the person that I want to become. And it's kind of having that clear understanding of the identity you want to be, not the success that you want in terms of quantitative, but actually, who do I want to be? Almost to the point where you start to think, right, when I'm a 40th birthday party and my family get up on the stage and do I want them to say, yes, here's Lee with his 100,000 Instagram followers, 80,000 of them bought from the third world. Hey, but you still got 20,000 of your own. This is who he is. And it's it's like, this is who he is. He's got a thousand followers. He's got thousands and thousands of followers. He's posted millions of selfies and he loves himself. (laughs) So really, oh, he's got a Lambo as well that he rents. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it's like, yeah, what what do you actually want people to say about you? And if you really want to go deep, what do you want your eulogy to be when you when you pass to the next life or wherever you go? What do you actually what's the difference you want to have made to the world? And what's like what's your per what 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 mission have you come here? Like everyone wants to be happier, everyone wants to reach the potential, and most people not understand that. To do that you actually need to help other people as well. So it's that kind of thing. What does the world need? What are your strengths and skills? How can you bind them together with what you enjoy to make some money and live well? I guess it might be, if it's not too personal, would you say you have seen like success that what you're measuring in your life then? or? Okay, so I mean, to give you an idea, the video game business was really successful really early to the mm-hmm. point where I bought my first house at 25. Mm. And then... I continued to make quite good money. So then I went and bought a Range Rover like an idiot. <laughs> so at least you're not renting a Lamborghini, so it's all right. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. I thought he was going to bought his own Lamborghini. <laughs> yeah. But I, I literally, I was a 27-year-old driving around in a black Range Rover. And so I looked like a drug dealer. <laughs> <laughs> because, because, because the video game business was big and making me a lot of money. But I didn't really talk much about it. So it was like... I, 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 I... Oh, so nobody knew what you did and you just ended up with this Land Rover. <laughs> <laughs> yes, video games, video throughout Europe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you didn't tell it either. So when people asked you, like, oh, well, you know, it's just a small side hustle, that's all. <laughs> and, and then when I went working in Elite Sport, I just merged in. <laughs> so it wasn't too bad then. <laughs> um, but yeah, I realised now that, you know, it, it, wasn't incons- it wasn't inconspicuous. And mm-hmm. that kind of idea of driving around in a big hunk of metal as success is not success at all. What happens is you buy it, it's great for a day, and then it's just your car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't matter how fancy your car is, it's, it's still just your car after you got used to it. We all love, a, we all love something new. It's proper novel for a whole day. Novelty wears off and then it's just just as is. Do you hear that, and... Jonah, with your new iPhone? It's not going to bring you happiness, is it, Jonah? No, no. <laughs> Hope you learned your lesson. 
<laughs> Fine, I'll give it back. It's all right. <laughs> but yeah, I very quickly realised that, like, in that hospital bed, like, what's the point in having a fancy car? I can't walk. <laughs> so I've got, I've got a bigger journey here. Um, so then what actually happened is I had, I had a bit of a period where I, I was uh, grieving a bit for my mortality. So I went out and bought an even more ridiculous car. <laughs> um, and now I drive a Skoda, so I'm sensible. That's your choice. <laughs> Do you, I, You're a family man now, so that, yeah, yeah. I think that's the I think that's the like interesting thing about obviously you know the the lockdown and stuff is you, you like so many things have been taken away. Yeah, exactly. You know, and and rightly so, obviously for our safety. But when just like you'll be zooming with friends, uh, and you'll have a laugh. And then, like, as soon as it ends, you just go, "Wow, I I really miss people. I really miss like I, I like can you like you were saying before going? To, I just miss going to restaurants. I just miss you know going to Tesco's and not feeling like I'm gonna I'm gonna die. Like this is <laughs> <laughs> it's the small thing. Like, you the know? other day, I saw I saw someone walk up behind someone else and cough cough into their hand and i was like <laughs> just I just threw everything on the floor and walked out. I was like, I can't. <laughs> But it, you, I mean, I'm not obviously comparing this to 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 your experience, but but when things are taken away, that's when you realize how what you really appreciate, and that that's the whole you know that's what this lockdown and this whole pandemic has really done for a lot of people is you just appreciate the really important things. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, as humans, we're we're awful at preventing our problems, but in crisis we suddenly become incredibly agile, incredibly innovative and incredibly creative. And gratitude's fostered when we have our autonomy taken away. Mm. Yet in the first world, we have almost all the freedom to do anything we want to the point where we break the law and then, you know, we get collared at some point. But it's like <laughs> you can push the boundary incredibly far. And because of that, we actually take things for granted because there's not the boundaries there or the restrictions like we could live somewhere where the water's restricted, but no, we just wait until we, we hosepipe banners uh, and just <laughs> use water for anything, you know. And it's yeah. like we don't have because we don't have restriction, you don't have that time to reflect. And we also live very, very busy lives where we're moving from one thing to the next, task orientated, bang, bang, bang over the course of a day, and then you, you fall asleep and then you start again the next day, and not having that time to reflect it means that you don't see the little things that you should be really grateful for. Like the fact we have access to water and electricity. We have pretty clean air in this country. We have a transport system that takes us round. It's not great, but it works. Many of us have vehicles travel round in and you start to realize, and again, it tends to happen when you go to another country and see all these home comforts that I've got, I take them for granted. But then you come back here and they become just that comfort again. And it does take a serious crisis for people to look and think, wow, damn, like, I, I do take that for granted. And now people are starting to realise how what they consider to be normal everyday life, like being able to go out to the park and go to clubs with the mates, go to restaurants and just go around to the mate's house and chill. Like, yeah. you never, ever think, oh, yeah, that's, that's great, that. You do now because it's been taken away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Well, it's like the mad thing is that during the first panic, is is everybody just like toilet toilet paper? That was like their essential. That was the <laughs> that was like I can't live without toilet. Oh, paper. don't get me started on consumer psychology. It's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> even though, even though the toilet is based in a in a room designed for cleaning oneself, it's. <laughs> That's just it. shows <laughs> it's not essential any other time but suddenly yes. things, things that are not essential became essential everyone rushed and it's like hard mentality and social dynamics gone wrong so people start buying lots of toilet roll and lots of pasta and lots of uh lots of antibacterial spray and hand wash and it's like okay well that's great and now you've got like enough toilet papers to give to your grandson excellent well done <laughs> this is this is granddad joe's toilet roll <laughs> it's sub- it survived the covid pandemic like <laughs> use it wisely it's an antique <laughs> so just just to kind of wrap things up like first of all like I've I've loved everything you said. Uh, I'll be I I'm the one who edits this, so I'll be making lots of notes later. Um, but uh, just if you could go back to your to your twenties, Lee, and it wasn't that that long ago, let's be honest. But what would you tell yourself uh, if I would go back to my twenties? What I'd actually tell myself is, don't worry. <laughs> like you, you quite often sit there worrying, like, what's my future going to be? What am I going to do? Who am I going to become? What do I need to do now? And what I realise now is just don't worry, just live. The twenties is your twenties is for finding yourself and you don't find yourself if you're spiralling away with worrying about what you're gonna be. You just like come organically and in a lot of ways it, it's the kind of time where if you're gonna do things like actually relax and travel and explore and understand yourself, use that opportunity because as soon as you decide you're going to settle down and slow down some people don't some people do and that's a choice that you'll 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 be willing to make when the time comes but don't put the pressure on yourself to get there to be there now don't look at other people who found themselves in a very lucky situation and managed to you know make a lot of the 20s and Again, it's for many people who are hitting 20 today, it, you've grown up in a world where there's only ever been social media. It's been you know, in, in, integrated into your life to the point where you see these people day in, day out. But it's not, all about, it's not all about the fancy cars and the fancy houses. If you can leave your 20s knowing who you are and where you want to go, then you, you're far ahead of most people. And that's really what you want to do. And that kind of requires you to get outside your comfort zone a bit go and do things, go and travel, explore, experience, fail, start again. And from my own journey, all, all those challenges, life is like an ECG, it's like a heartbeat, it's constantly up and down. And a big part of your 20s is learning that you're going to go down, but how can I bounce back up? And it's just about, again, taking the ownership for what you want to be and taking ownership of your journey because your 20s is a journey and probably one of the most exciting decades of your journey you just got to get out there and explore, find yourself, and have lots of fun while you're doing it. Agreed, agreed. I'm a big warrior, so I, I need to I need to hear that. <laughs> but you're right, like, <laughs> you know, worrying doesn't do actually any good, really, does it, to be fair, and it's, it's just about relaxing. And that's, do you know what, from this pandemic, one of the mental kind of uh, things I'm trying to work on is actually just to not worry and just to, just to let it go, but 
It's a step-by-step process. He says in, the, in a throne of toilet rolls. Like, he's like... <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's like, you, you hear like people do like inspirational like talks and things like that, and they always say like, the best day of life is the day I got fired from my job. Because um, sometimes you need setbacks to kind of put things in perspective and just kind of give you the kick up the ass that you need to kind of start following your dreams. Things like that. Exactly. And sometimes it's not even following your dreams, but it's finding mm. what your actual dreams are. Because mm. there's so many people out there who are like, the parents have said, you're either a doctor, a lawyer, or you're a failure. <laughs> and it, <laughs> <woo>! <laughs> and th- th- there's all sorts of like limiting beliefs that we carry from our childhood. Mm. And a big part of your 20s is finding which of those beliefs are actually true. Digging into yourself a bit and realizing, you know, I've, I've I've told myself this to the point where my subconscious believes it, but is that actually true? And sometimes you find that actually you can step outside, and that's not you. That's just who you think you are, and that's the kind of that's the journey of your twenties is to really push yourself to meet new people, to experience new things, and just 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 drive into the distance. You don't really always know where you're going, and the worry about where you're going mm. can sometimes mean that you don't go anywhere. You get that par- you're paralyzed by perfectionism. You don't need to be perfect. In fact, you're far from perfect. You're never perfect at any point in your life. And you don't really, truly need to start optimizing stuff until you hit your 30s and you've found exactly where you want to go. Because if you optimize in your 20s and you're not clear where you're going, then you're just pushing yourself further in the wrong direction. Mm. Very good, very good. Yeah, well, thank you Brilliant. so much, Lee. Really, really appreciate um, all the advice. Like, the time's flown by. I think we've been recording for like 45 minutes now. Okay, so we've got to the, the point in the podcast the, uh, the, where the podcast is not sponsored by. So this is part of the podcast where we, we talk about things that really annoy us, that uh, really get on our nerves. So Lee, what is something that really, really bugs you? Something that grinds your gears? Um, so this podcast is not sponsored by Mr. Guru in his rented Lamborghini and his Airbnb <laughs> selling a two grand course because he's found the mysteries of entrepreneurship and will sell the system to you today. Only $2,000 and you can take out a credit card and buy it anytime. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what honestly lee i'm so glad you said that for some reason that those things pop up on my on my youtube all the time and it they really really bug me they really bug me and they were like and here's john and john wasn't an idiot because he did my course and now he's earning billions of pounds and i'm like is john <laughs> is really really do you know what's funny because yeah they're very clever yeah because i've started looking on youtube like about, about you know, forex trading i don't know if you've heard about that but like yeah yeah because <laughs> i kept getting seems like joe like ads just kept popping up it's like what what is this maybe, maybe we'll look into it but they were like like there were some good people that like kind of said some sensible stuff but they were like yeah Pete, don't buy stupid kind of seminars online webinars and things like that because they are just a load of rubbish yeah i mean it's, it's easy to make money off that kind of thing because it's all based on sign up so they get you to sign up and they get commission and then that's how they make the money they don't actually make it trading most of the time because it's really volatile forex but the biggest thing is even for these people who are really famous for setting up other companies and are still selling these courses entrepreneurialism and this is another thing that i can really like tell your listeners it's not something you can distill into a course entrepreneurialism is a massive dose of being in the right place at the right time a big scoop of luck a dollop of other people's hard work and a sprinkle of you on top it's like entrepreneurialism is it's complex and it's not no matter what they tell you in terms of shortcuts 
it's quite often something that worked a few years ago, made them lots of money, but now it doesn't work as effectively as a lot of people trying to do it. Or it's something that is something that does work, but it requires mm. a massive amount of investment up front from you to actually get it to work. And the barriers to entry are so low for anything that actually works that there's thousands of people doing it and you already need some kind of presence, some kind of finance, or it's just not something that really works effectively. Now, no one would sell a system that was simple, made money and worked. They'd just do it. Yeah, exactly. That, that's why i don't nobody's that generous <laughs> if they were they'd just give it to charity i don't think they but yeah no no for sure it's like this businesses are trying to make money off people it's it's a uh, it's mad isn't it <laughs> what is this capitalism <laughs> yes it's, 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 what it's is this? a name for this like rude <laughs> yeah i like that that was that was a good one yeah 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 jonah what who, who have you prepared for the 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 people I want to be like when I grow up section. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. So it's it, it kind of taken a little bit of inspiration from Lee's story and earlier just kind of about him losing the ability to walk. Uh, but people that kind of always really inspire me is like people who participate in the Paralympics um, just because mm. I am very able-bodied and yet I do very little. And so the fact that people may be put at, you know, different circumstances, which could be seen as maybe a disadvantage, they go on to do incredible, incredible achievements. And one is called Ellie Simmons. I'm not so sure if you've heard about her. But basically, she's 25 years old. And she's been competing in the Paralympics since 2008 in Beijing, where she won a gold medal for 100 meters. And then a gold medal in the 400 meters same year. And then 400 meters again in 2012 in London. 200 meters gold again in the individual medley. And then again in Rio, um, she got gold again for 200 meters. And she's only 25. Um, that's in the Paralympics. And I just thought, kind of uh, what Lee, uh, Lee was saying earlier when he kind of did a story about he's lying in hospital and I kind of having a reason to, you know, about his daughter, you know, by the time she walks, I'm going to be walking too. I just think, you know, if she was inspirational in the sense that, you know, she's not a mother, as far as Wikipedia says, you know, but she kind of found the strength with herself to push herself, even when she was just a teenager, to go on to be world champion out of, Everyone else in the whole world, she was number one. Um, I think that's pretty inspirational. And she's still at it today. Still 25. It is. Yeah. That is mad. Like 25 and you. I think it was like four or five gold medals. Yeah. Oh, but that was just the golds. I mean, she did get silver and bronze as well. But in, and like world championships <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, and European championships. But yeah. I mean, she's literally, she's got, gosh, dozens and dozens here. But that was just the golds for, from the Olympics. But yeah. There you go. We'll we'll have to let her know. We'll <laughs> we'll try and contact. <laughs> Do you know one of these days, one of these inspirational people that we don't they'll they'll know they'll notice. Definitely. <laughs> I'm sure she's listening, so you're welcome, Ellie. <laughs> Very good. Great. So uh Lee, would is there uh what would you like to plug? Plug away, my friend. Um so I'm just gonna plug if you wanna know more about what I do in terms of well being and environmental psychology. Come along to my website, it's leechambers.org and follow me on Twitter at Essentialize and Instagram at Essentialize Coach. Very good. And Jonah, what would we like to plug? <laughs> so um, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at How to Survive Your Twenties. And if you have any questions, queries, um, any complaints as well, then you can also email us at <laughs> htsy20s at gmail.com. That- those complaints are for uh, not sponsored by section now, aren't they? Or is it just complaints in general? <laughs> <laughs> well, do you know what? It's freedom of speech. They can say whatever they like, you know. 
They can, they can, yeah. They can complain about us. Constructive feedback. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> there we go. That's it. That, see, Lee's the businessman here. You can tell. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you so much, Lee, for coming on. We really appreciate it. Uh, it's been a pleasure, guys. Cool. Well, thanks for everything. We look forward to, to hearing from you again. Take care and bye. Bye-bye. Hi guys, if you liked what you heard from Lee, you can get his free ebook from his website essentialized.co.uk slash ebook. Thanks, see you next time.